Welcome to the show, HB RV Lifestyle, the podcast. If you don't know, I am the Honey Badger, and I'm going to give it to you straight in the RV business as usual. Every day, every time I do one of these podcasts, I try to give the most transparency I can when it comes to the RV business. And this is not just for folks that are in the business, but also for the folks that are consumers. This is mainly for consumers. But apparently a couple of dealers also chime in every once in a while too. So I'm still getting over a little bit of a cold, so you'll have to forgive the sniffles and the occasional cough. But today I really want to go over a couple of things that we'll say... They, they've started to bother me a little bit. Okay. And I don't get bothered very easily. I used, to, you know, I, I, everything used to bug me when I was in sales. Everything used to bug me uh, constantly. There was a moment in time when I was in sales and something go wrong during the walkthrough and I'd lose my mind. I'd stress out. I'd be like a customer in a lot of respects because if you're a customer and you see everything falling apart on the walkthrough when you're spending fifty, sixty thousand dollars on a on a rig, you'd be stressed out yourself too. So I used to stress out with the customer, and then I found out something that stressing out and being bothered by something like that. Uh, creates more chaos rather than more calm. Especially if it's things that are outside of your control. So over the years, I've kind of... Customers go, how can you be so calm when this is going around? Some people are like, most of the customers, most of you customers are like, wow, it's kind of nice to see someone so calm, collective, good listener. And there's the few that are like, if you're not panicking with them, you're a really bad person. So I decided to keep with the majority, the super majority. But there is something bothering me. And what is bothering me is the emails that I've gotten over the last three days. (coughs) And they're not work emails because work's going good. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for my job, grateful for the, the dream. But there are some very disturbing emails and uh, DMs I've been getting that I'm, I want to go over a few of them. Especially since we have the Tacoma show starting January 19th. Uh, you have Tacoma, Washington. You have the Quarter Lane show in Northern Idaho this week. You've got uh, the Bakersfield show in California. Got a lot of shows going on. Guy gets, a young lady gets and sends me an email. And the email, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase it, okay? Because if I sat here and read the four, like the four-page essay she sent me, it, it would take up the whole show. So I'm going to paraphrase it. And what she's trying to say or ask is 
her fear is if she goes and buys something at one of these shows and then that prices are going to crash six months to a year later and she's going to feel like an idiot. That was the first page of the essay. The second page of the essay is uh, like grounding down that she doesn't think that her car can tow a little travel trailer. It's a Honda. Um, it's one of the new Honda SUVs. It tows 5,000 pounds. Um, what, what occurred was is she went. She's doing her homework. She's legitimately like doing what she's supposed to be doing. You can tell. She's got it dialed in. She's a first-time buyer. She's divorced. She's on her own. She's going to be doing this on her own. She's doing her homework so she can make sure that when she goes out, she can go out and be safe if she decides. And, and, and a lot of the email, her and I had a great back and forth because I finally got her on DM. And she's one of four people to contact me about this new Honda Pilot that tows 5,000 pounds. Well, what happened is you get a lot of folks <clears throat> that have an opinion. It's not fact. It's an opinion that even though the manufacturer of the vehicle says it tows 5,000 pounds, the math doesn't add up for the axle ratio of the vehicle, the tow vehicle, and the GVWR. And her third main concern, real real main concern about this, is that she will she's afraid she's not gonna be able to refinance it uh, in two years when or whenever the rates actually go down. So I'm going to cover, let me cover a couple things and we're going to go, uh, this is going to be a question and answer. So I'm going to, what I'm doing here today, even though only probably 10 or 15 people will really listen to this before, uh, before summer, what I want to do is, is give you this, the short amount of listeners I have a little preview into what, what this gal is going through and, and give you answers. So first of all, Prices are never going to go down to the 2017, 18, and 19 numbers. It's, it's never going to happen. Let's just, let, let's just say that, let's hypothetical, let's look at the lever pulled. I think I covered part of this in a previous episode. Let's just hypothetically say tomorrow, Jayco decides to slash prices back down to 2018 levels. Okay. Well, let's just say they pull that lever. If they pull that lever, these are the levers that get pulled behind it. The first lever is, is they'll go out of business. The cost of labor 
the cost of materials is still significantly higher today in 2023 than they were in 2018. So there would be no profit in the sale of a travel trailer to the dealership. Within probably six months, Jayco would close their doors. This goes for all manufacturers. We are in an age where there was a big jump. And, and this is not the first time. So this is the first time I'm going to cover this ever on this show. There have been price jumps and interest rate roller coasters for 46 years. Okay. In the 1980s, there was a basically RV prices retail and wholesale in 1983 went up 33 percent over 1982 it is still the single largest percentage jump that the rv business has seen since its inception now it doesn't sound like a lot because back then you could buy a comfort travel trailer brand new 30-footer, no slide, for probably around $4,500 to $5,500. Went up to about seven grand. Um, Jamboree, the Jamboree Rally, and a lot of motorhomes went through a a consensus where they had to step up and pay a ridiculous amount of money to the federal government to convert the chassis into recreational vehicles. So a comfort motorhome and a you know back then probably would sell for fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars brand new. And it went up to about twenty. I'm talking about a higher end. Okay. So this is the early 80s. Our industry went up just below that, about 27% jump from 2019 to 2022. Now, for the most part, now I don't know about every single brand, but I know the brand I represent, we went down in price. We went down in price about 12%. And I, but it's not going to get any lower than that because the cost of materials and the cost of the labor and the cost of insurance and the cost of shipping are still high. So if my boss, if my GM pulled the lever and said, okay, we're going to cut it back to prices in 2017-18, I wouldn't have a job in about 90 days. No profit. The other reason why it will never happen is because it would crash the second lever. It would crash the used business. 42% of the RV transactions across the United States involve a trade-in. 
Now, we're already seeing a part of this with folks that paid sticker or 10 grand over sticker or whatever the case may be. The folks that paid a, you know, paid a premium price when things were, when we were going through COVID, we're starting to see some of those folks have issues trading in. We're seeing that across the country during this show season. And what that really means is it just proves my point that if you cut prices way down. So let's just let's just say that because I work for Beaumont RV, okay? The owner's amazing. He him and and my partner um we were still heavily discounting any unit that came in. <clears throat> were we making a little more money than the average bear or the average year? Yes. But we weren't gouging people. Okay. Now, if, if it's just like with trucks. Best thing to do is go use a truck. Let's use simple numbers. So a Ford today decides that a Ford F-250 diesel is going to go from an MSRP of $100,000 to an MSRP of $70,000. What is it going to do to the truck values of folks that bought from end of 2019 to the end of 2022 they'd crash when 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 housing crashes when housing prices crash you see a lot of smart intelligent human beings walk away from the house I watched a lot of my friends in 2008 and 9. They just said, you know what? I'm a hundred grand flipped in my house upside down. Uh, it's not worth it to me. I'll go back to renting and I'll rebuild my credit and try again in five years when things recover. So you have to understand that if 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 anybody had a truck that they're forty and fifty thousand dollars upside down in after two years of ownership, they're just going to walk away from the loan. They're going to go to the bank. Here's the keys. Here's my here's the truck. Here's the registration. Have a nice day. What do you think would happen to the RV universe? If you were told today that you bought a fifth wheel in 2021 in order to trade it in, you went from buying it for $65,000 and it's worth $20,000 today because everybody lowered their price so dramatically. So that same fifth wheel you own now sells for $40,000 brand new. So your trailers were, I know you paid $65,000, but it's really worth $25,000 now because they lowered their pricing. <clears throat> the price crash that everybody wants to happen, that's been sitting on the sidelines praying it happens, don't understand how this works.
It would be self-sabotage. There is no way in God's green earth that guys like Pete Legal are going to self-sabotage the RV business. There's no way a guy like Warren Buffett, who owns a big chunk, who Berkshire Hathaway owns a huge chunk of Forest River Incorporated, there's no way in God's green earth he's just going to let it, he's going to pull a trigger or pull a lever that's going to crash and sabotage his business. We are in the new normal. Did prices go down a little bit? Absolutely. Transportation costs are slowly, slowly going down. But if you're looking for that 26-foot bunkhouse, brand new with a slide for $24,995, you're looking for a used coach now. Nothing wrong with that. So to answer your question, Ellen, if you went out and bought this Clipper Travel Trailer, because she's interested in one of my trailers that I that I represent, a little 17-footer, a little 17-foot bunkhouse. If and I don't know what state she lives in, but if you go down this weekend and you make that purchase. You'll save yourself money in the long run compared to if you wait. This is something I've been harping on for six months. When interest rates are high, prices are low. When interest rates are low, prices are high. If, if, if and when, and I mean big if and when, interest rates go down back into the fours, fives, and sixes, on a 15 or 20 year term loan watch out folks dealers are gonna raise their prices because now they can make more profit right now it's it's survival survival of the fittest who can sell the most who can get rid of their inventory who can keep their doors open <coughs> it's a battle like I was used to from 2010 to 2012, it was a battle. We were giving things away at Giant RV. We were, we were like, it was, we were in the red two years in a row. We made it up in service. We made it up in parts. 2013 rolled around, interest rates went to 2.99. So they went from 2010 and 11, where they were, and Ellen, I want you to pay attention to this. In 2010 and 11, I was quoting 14.95% to people who had an 800 score. Because that 14.95% with an 800 was more likely to get a loan than somebody that wanted a 7 or 8% rate. Banks weren't lending. Banks are still lending right now. 
They're just lending at a higher rate. Credit unions are lending at a higher rate because it costs more money for them to buy it from the Fed. There are positives behind it, guys. I mean, our interest in our bank and savings accounts are back up to around 4%. They're hovering between 3 and a quarter and 4%. I haven't seen that since I was 10, 11 years old. It's been 23 years since I've seen a bank offer over 2% on a CD. We look at it as a negative thing because we've been so spoiled for 12 years. 13 years we've been completely spoiled. And actually, in reality, we've been extremely even more spoiled starting around 2013, so the last 10 years. But I'll tell you what happened. And it wasn't a big dramatic thing where we were, where we're going to charge people 20 grand more for this motorhome because they can afford it more now. No. Give me an example. We raised our prices on average about 5% across the board when interest rates went down. And then as interest rates went down, we raised our prices. Mike Thompson back then raised their prices. Back then McMahon's RV was in business. They raised their prices. Everybody raised their prices when interest rates hit 3%. In 2013 and then what occurred is manufacturers started raising their prices between two and two and a half percent every single year from 2012 and this is the first year and the first time I've seen a handful of brands and manufacturers drop their pricing I've been in a, this is the year 13 for me, folks, and I've never seen a drop. I've only seen price increases. <coughs> I've seen them as low as 1% a month or 1% a quarter. I've seen as high as 4 and 4.5% 4 in a quarter. I've slowly seen transportation go up. We just saw it just hit hard during COVID. But they can't just back down and say, okay, let's go back to the way it was. Let's sabotage the business. So you just have to understand that. Okay. The other thing I want to cover with you is the towing. Okay. There's a lot of bad information on YouTube. There's a lot of bad information you know, Josh the RV Nerd is really good. I always give him big shout-outs on this podcast. And he doesn't cover this as... Nobody really covers this really well. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a complicated thing to explain. But let me explain where tow capacity comes from. The tow capacity of your vehicle is determined by the gross combined carrying weight GCCR gross combined carrying weight GCCW R or GCWR in some cases depending on what country you're in or state or territory so what it means is 
how much between the full gross combined, so the GVWR. So what you do is if you want to know where the manufacturer of your tow vehicle gets their tow rating from, it's what they feel they can stop and tow safely. So if your vehicle is rated for 5,000 pounds, it doesn't matter what the weight of your tow vehicle is. It has nothing to do with it. Your axle ratio, your, your, I'm sorry, your axle weight, your, your carrying capacity of the vehicle has nothing to do with tow capacity. Sorry, folks. For those of you that want to blast me on that, call the manufacturers themselves. This is where they get their tow capacity. Now, if you have an opinion, and that's an opinion, folks, about what you think a vehicle can tow, that is your opinion. You are not the manufacturer who puts that sticker or that capacity in the tow manual or in the driver's manual. Honda does. Toyota does. So for you YouTubers, you fake Reddit people, stop telling people bad information. Make sure you put in all these statements that this is your opinion. This has nothing to do with the manufacturer of the vehicle. Because what they're doing is they're taking this information that you're giving and pretending like it's like an act of God and nothing else is better. You make it out like the manufacturer of the tow vehicle is lying to you. Stop it. So this Honda tows 5,000 pounds. You can tow any, almost, almost every single, single axle brand built today with that vehicle and you can do it safely. The GVWR of your vehicle has to do with what's inside the actual vehicle. Fuel, passengers, loaded gear has nothing to do with what you're towing. That's completely separate. That's a completely separate rating as a completely separate number. So folks, if Toyota tells you a Tacoma can tow 6,500 pounds, that's what it can tow. It doesn't tow 3,500 because your axle says it does. No. Oh, well, I did the math that they put online. The math says I only have a 2,000. I got, I got so many stories about this. Oh, my God. I had one guy that went out and bought a brand new $75,000 truck because somebody somewhere online you saw on YouTube gave him this whole math thing. My manager, this is years ago, my manager bought his truck from him and tows a bigger fifth wheel than he does and it's still going. Just so surprising, guys. That's why I said you... You, you limit yourself with too much information. The, the biggest advice I could ever give you 
as a consumer is don't overthink this type of purchase. Do your homework, and your homework should be on your tow vehicle, what it really tows, which should be through the manufacturer, not through someone's opinion online. The other homework you should do, really, really should do, is what kind of camping you want to do. Where you want to go, how often do you want to go out, how often do you have the time to go out, so you can make your purchase accordingly. You can narrow it down to those couple of things. And, and, and do your homework on financing. Know, you know, know what you need. Know what your credit score is. If you are below a 720 FICO score, you are subprime. Go in with paycheck stubs and you got tons of dealers that are really good with stuff like that and we'll get you a loan that's fair <coughs> and equivalent to your credit. Now, don't go in blind and pretend like you don't know your credit's bad. Or don't pretend your credit's not good. Go in there wide open, and, and, and I'm telling you, you know, guys, especially dealerships that run with only three or four guys, so Apache Camping in the state of Washington, they run such a skeleton crew in sales. It's brilliant. I love it. I used to work in skeleton crews, and skeleton crews are fun because the people that need to want to be left alone to walk around have that option, and the people that are serious buyers will always have that one, well, at least that person's attention, full attention, and going to not get the ring around the rosy. So just be prepared. And whatever you do, stop. Oh my God, what is that guy's name? The guy who always, like, he always says debt's bad. Oh my God. I got one of those people today. Good Lord. Look, the third thing I'm going to cover with you is just don't, don't overthink it. People don't realize that. Everybody gets, okay, great example. Guys, a bad example because a lot of you don't know. But the first time the PlayStation came out, the very first PlayStation, I bought it. Now, back then it was $299 when it was brand new. $299. Okay. A year later, the price was dropped to $99. It was $200 less if I waited a year. But if I waited a year, I've never gotten to play those games. I would have never gotten to have the the bat the NBA Jam tournaments. I would have never been able to have the Mortal Kombat or not Mortal Kombat the um, oh god what was that fighting game tournament thing we used to do? It was um, oh I can't think. But for two hundred extra dollars, I got a year's more fun out of it. And got to have friends over and play tournaments on different games. When I bought the Xbox for the very first time, it was 
when I was brand new Xbox. I would never gotten good at Halo if I waited for the price to drop. I would never enjoyed Knights of the Real Old Republic when it first came out. Um, there were just so many advantages because when I first bought Xbox, if you were one of the very first purchasers during the first generation Xbox, before they dropped the price, before the second gen of the original Xbox, you were grandfathered in into the gold Microsoft account for free. Anybody remember that? Then when they dropped the price down, I think $199 the next Christmas, you had to pay the gold membership if you wanted it. It was like $19 or $20. So price is not everything, folks. So don't overthink these things. The only time the price matters is the first time you sign the paperwork and when you decide to sell it or trade it in. So let me give you, a, you know, the one, you see, the people who enjoy life the most have a just a little bit different mindset than everybody. You know, they take a look at the, so if you, you have two types of, well, you have more than two types, but you have a general two types of, of transactions, okay? You get the guy that grind, 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 and then he finally gets a, a price he's happy with, and then he goes and shops. And he just stresses himself out because he knows there's more meat on the bone, right? And and that's probably you. Hey, more power too. I'm like that in cars. I'm not like that in RVs, but I sure in the heck am like that with cars, okay? And I'm actually learned to calm down with the, with that. But anyway, moving forward, and then you got the guy that he just wants to feel like he's got a good deal, wants to work with his local local business. <clears throat> And feels like he's been taken care of. Okay. So watch this. Two guys. Two families. A grinder. And a guy who just wanted to be taken care of. Okay. So. The grinder. Wanted to buy a cyclone toy hauler from me. And the other guy wanted to buy a cyclone toy hauler from me. So they both bought I bought within a week of each other. This is years ago. They bought within a week of each other. Okay. The one guy, the grinder, grind, 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 grind. Didn't want to make anybody money. Nobody wanted to make money. Nope, you can't make money. Nope, you can't make money. Nope, you're going to take a loser. Nope, if you want my business, you got to do this. You'll make your money up in service and parts. Right. Doesn't understand the business at all. Doesn't know that service and parts departments are losers. They don't make any money in the RV business. Not like the car business. Okay. So he buys and he's nothing but upset. Can't make him happy. He came in and I'm going to use solid simple numbers. He bought the trade, the fifth wheel, right around sixty grand. The fifth wheel toiler, right around sixty thousand dollars. Four years later, I was still at Giant. It was my first year there. Here he comes, trading in a motorhome. 
goes to the same process. Grind, 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 grind. Just a grinder. Now back then I enjoyed the game, so it was like it filled my it fulfilled my ego even though I only made like $100 or $200 on a $60,000 transaction. I learned a lot. So I I'm I'm not upset about the guy doing that. It gave me a lot of experience how to deal with people. But here's what ended up happening. So he trades it in and the difference figure between the motorhome and the cyclone toy hauler, they ended up buying and trading in. The difference was about $45,000. So, but he kept looking at how much his trade was. So we gave him like 30 grand for the 35 grand for the trade. He had beaten it up pretty good. So he couldn't get over this thing. I lost 20, you know, I lost $25,000. I lost $25,000. That's all he kept saying the whole time. He stressed out the whole time over he lost $25,000. And mind you folks, he tried to sell it on his own. He was one of those guys that put zero down, didn't want to put any money out of pocket, tried to sell it for the same price he bought it for because he thinks he got that big of a good of a deal. So he, he so now I got another customer. The other customer was Sweethearts. I mean, they just they did a little negotiating. They felt comfortable with the deal. I made a little money. Dealership made a little money. They were happy. They came in about three years later and said, look, we're done. My wife had my wife has cancer, terminal cancer. Uh, we're, we're, we had a great time. We got to travel just about every and stay in almost every single state. <clears throat> except Alaska so I couldn't be happier but it's just time she can't do it anymore so he owed he bought his I think for about 65000 he spent $5,000 more Okay. when he came in him and his wife and they brought the fifth wheel in we gave him a buyout and a consignment and um, we consign. If I remember right, we gave him the same buy figure, thirty-five grand, and then we gave him a consignment figure. I think of like forty-one or forty-two, which is what he owed on it because he put some money down. So he took the consignment figure. Again, flexible, easygoing. Looks at things differently. So, when it finally sold, he comes into the paperwork. She's in the hospital. And uh, he, he looked at me and he looked at my boss, Lonnie. And he f plainly says this. The best $23,000 I ever spent. So you got one guy telling you he lost 25 grand and you got the other guy saying he spent 23 grand.
It's just a mindset, folks. It's just a mindset. Both spent right around the same money within five grand of each other. And because of one guy's flex, one guy being this flexible dude, wife's dying from cancer, you would think that dude would just be unraveling and in tears in his eyes saying the words, best $23,000 I ever spent. If, if everybody looked at it that way, stress levels would be down. I have a tough time with it in cars. The only reason why is because you need a car. Was I worried about it with the RV? No. Because I know what the stress level is. I know what the options are. It's a lot easier to sell or consign. When I'm done with the fifth wheel, when we're done living in it, when we're done with it, I know damn well I've, if somebody doesn't offer me enough money on a trade or a purchase, I can always consign it. And a consignment fifth wheel is easier to sell than a consignment car or consignment truck. Way easier. I, I don't have you don't have to grind. You don't. Anymore during these shows. And I'm going to tell you, and the reason why I bring this up is to make sure you understand through this lady, young lady's email that she's worried about something in five years where it's like, oh my God, I could have saved a bunch of money. How do you know? And if you keep waiting and prices keep going up or stay about the same they are right now, You're going to lose years. So that goes to my next email that I got. The next email I got, and I got it right in front of me. So if you're watching YouTube, I'm just reading them off the screen on my laptop. Th this is heartbreaking. B be prepared to get Kleenex, some tissue, and you know maybe a blanket. Wrap yourself in on a couch and get your significant other on speed dial because this is going to be this is going to be a tearjerker. I'm going to paraphrase again because I'm not going to use the people's names or where they're from or anything like that. But um, retired couple, so they retired in 2017. So six years ago. And they have been shopping from 2013 until the day they retired. And um, we're going to call the husband Jack. And we're going to call the wife Jill. So Jack and Jill ran up a hill. Jack told Jill that they are going to wait until 2018 and 19 to buy the motorhome because he want to pay a few more debts down 
and he wanted the ability to pay cash, no bills. Okay? Life happened. 2018 rolls around. Doesn't get to it. They had some issues with their daughter. Their daughter got in a lot of trouble. Adult child with three children by three baby da baby daddies. That's how it's described right here. Um, boy, this is this is gonna start making me cry. Um, Twenty nineteen rolls around. They finally get the affairs in order for the grandkids. Went out shopping again. Jack was unhappy with all the prices because they have gone up. They went up about five or six percent over the th four four years they have been shopping, and then they had another price jump. And they were small price jumps back then. Severely unhappy. Thinks there's going to be a crash in the RV market. Jill goes, why don't we buy something used? Nope, the used market's going to, unless we can get a killer deal on something, we're not going to buy it. We got these grandkids. We're taking care of, you know, legal. They're still paying the legal fees to help their daughter out. It was a bad situation. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but it's it was a sad situation. Uh, COVID happens, the lockdowns, they go back out shopping. Now you gotta understand at the beginning of COVID, during the lockdowns in California, dealers panicked and started trying to blow inventory out for less money than they bought it from, just like they're doing right now. Everybody forgets that. At the very beginning of the lockdowns, the dealerships that stayed open were giving away inventory just like they are right now for almost no profit and loser deals, okay? It wasn't, there wasn't a big supply demand problem yet <clears throat> everybody was worried about where their next paycheck was going to come from where are they going to get laid off where are they going to get the money how are they going to pay their mortgage that's where that was a february march and part of april okay in june they went out shopping again jack was pissed off because dealers would not negotiate any prices on anything the price is the price is all he kept hearing Jill was starting to get a little frustrated so they finally found a used motorhome in Texas so they drove from northern Arizona to Texas and the Texas dealer sold it from underneath them because Jack refused to buy it sight unseen. And a guy from Florida bought it sight unseen and gave him 20 grand over the phone and signed the paperwork and never saw the motorhome in person. And Jack, said, Jack here in the email states to me that he's never bought anything without putting his hands on it. Especially a vehicle and especially a used vehicle. Now, just to let you know, guys, I don't blame you for doing that. I used to tell people all the time, it's not personal. I don't blame you. 
But there's people out there that are just willing to buy stuff sight unseen, including homes. So, you know, I, I can't blame him for this. Now, I'm going to read this verbatim here. I discovered your channel about middle of last year, about middle 2022. And I saw three videos specifically that kind of opened up my eyes. And I thought, you know what? The crash I was hoping for is never going to happen. I'm 77 years old. Let me get my butt out there and let's just go find something that'll work. New or used. That'll fit within what I can write a check for. And let's just get the grandkids and the wife out camping. So I discovered you about July, mid-July of last year. So I got the wife and we went up. And we went shopping for two weeks. And when we came back home... We sat down for three days, went through every single option that we saw that we really liked, went through pictures, went through video. I went through all of your videos to see if I could find anything on the opinion you had on the, on the travel trailer we were looking at and the motorhome we were looking at. Monday morning on, I won't even get the date because that's not fair either. Uh, Jill collapsed on the dining room table while we were sitting having breakfast. I took her to the hospital and she seemed fine. The doctors ran some tests. Apparently she had a, a mild stroke. So they were going to do some blood work and they were going to keep her overnight and put her on some medication. And then they were going to do a couple more tests and they said it's probably not a good idea for you guys to go on the road yet. But we've seen people recover from these type of things pretty easily. She was speaking very well. She had all the feeling and everything in her fingertips. All the tests, everything was looking like she wasn't. she hadn't lost anything from that stroke. On Wednesday afternoon, two days into the hospital, after all the tests, after everything, she told me to go home, get a good night's sleep, go get another bag full of clothes, so that way when she can go on either Friday, Saturday, Sunday home, when they discharge her, she would like to wear something decent and clean. When he woke up Thursday morning, he got a call from the doctor that Jill had passed away. He goes, I remain a fan of your channel. And today, in honor of my wife, the grandkids and I finally went out and bought a travel trailer. We bought a Catalina. But I can't, for the love of me, forgive myself for being so stubborn for so long. I'm almost 80 years old. And the one thing my wife and I planned on for almost 10 years was to retire and travel the United States in a motorhome. 
He said, I hope that this story, when you read it on your podcast or when you decide to share it with customers or show customers at shows, they're undecided because they're worried about price or they're worried about something happening in the economy or they're wondering about whether they are going to have the time for it. I wish I could go into a DeLorean and go back five years and just pull the trigger. I wish I could have those five years of stubbornness back. I wish I could have those trips with my wife. But at least now, I get to share these camping experiences with my grandchildren. Now, even though they are too young to skip school and go on the road, and I'm too old to live in a coach like you do, I still want to make sure that everyone that hears this or reads this will understand that life's too short. We get to live it one time and one time only. There's a and, and he goes on to say in another paragraph. I'm not I'm not gonna go through that other one because it mentions too much personal stuff about him, and I don't think that's fair. But Jack goes on to say something very interesting here, and that is, uh, you mentioned John something very interesting in one of your videos that. If you're going to allow the whoever the president of the United States to be to do to sorry, let me reread that. I'm very tired. It says you have a saying that you say in a couple of your videos that says if you're going to let the president of the United States determine what you're going to do with your life, then you might as well close your eyes. He says that hit me the hardest yesterday when I rewatched that video. It hit me so hard that I actually sat down in my chair and I didn't move for a couple hours. Thank you so much for your channel. I still follow it. I still watch every single video that you post on your channel. I've listened to three of your 20 episodes of your podcast. I just want to know want you to be able to share this story and see this and show this story and share it with all of your fans so they don't wait. There's another story I have. Um that 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 about made me cry. There's more to the story. Um, but I, I, I was brought to tears. Um, I sat stunned when I read that. Um, it reminded me a lot of a... Um, so I have a friend named Saul Romero. Saul... And I sold a lot of trailers together back at Giant RV. 
<clears throat> you know, eventually I should try to get him on this podcast so you can hear some of the wacky stories him and I have. But we had a gentleman that was a worked for the post office for 40 years. Now, he wasn't married. He was divorced. Um, but he, he would come in. God, the first two or three years I worked at Giant RV, he would come in and bug Saul and I and well, I'm almost to retirement, I'm almost to retirement, I'm almost to retirement. And then, you know, he finally reached year 40 and got this cool retirement package. And sure enough, within, God, within, like not even within a day of him, like officially retiring, his butt was back in the dealership. And we had a lineup of new stuff, and he didn't like any of the new stuff. He ended up buying a used little Terry travel trailer, an old Fleetwood Terry from me and Saul. He comes down <coughs> a week later <clears throat> and uh, writes a check for it, and he's got this brand-new GMC Denali 1500. He's just, I mean, he's got this big smile on his face. And the short version of the long story is about two weeks later after he took it on his, took it home, he was getting getting it packed up. And I guess he had something where he couldn't breathe really well. I can't remember the full thing he told me and Saul and, and, and Art, Art and Lonnie. But I do remember that he said he went to the hospital because just something small. Hey, you know, I just want to get this checked out. And all of a sudden they come back and they say, you got about a week to live. You got to get your affairs in order. 40 years on the job. <clears throat> wasn't going to do anything until he retired at the age of 62. So he could get his full retirement. Not going to go on camping trips. Not going to do anything. Just he is focused on his retirement and putting money away so he could just retire. So a month after he retired from the post office, he passed away. Never got to take the trailer out. Barely got to drive the brand new truck. He wrote a beautiful letter. I've lost the letter now. I, I can't find it. I, I, my mom has been looking for it and all the storage and everything that, that we had moved up from California to Oregon. Can't find any of it. But the, he wrote this beautiful letter uh, and put a picture of himself on the letter. And a phone number to his daughter. Uh, just in case they thought it was me who typed up the letter. And I used to give a copy of the letter to anybody who thought that they were going to wait before they made a purchase. We're going to wait till retirement. We're five years out because we're going to retire. I used to give the letter to every one of them. And two out of ten would come back and go, you know what? Why are we waiting? <coughs> we can go use it. Go have some fun. Go take a little vacations. We don't have to go to Hawaii every year. We don't go on a cruise every year. We'll go use this thing. Our little land yacht. So that's the point of it all. I mean, that's... that's. <sighs> you know who might remember that? My buddy Ray Kent. My buddy Ray Kemp might actually remember that story. I'll have to ask him. Maybe I can get him to come on the podcast. Now, I know he wants to. He, he's, he's contacted me. He would like to be a guest here. I, I should bring him on for some wacky stories. So the point of this show, the point of this episode was 
don't wait just because you think that something might get better down the road. It's just like the grass might be greener tomorrow than it is today. Well, the grass is greener where you water it. And life is just too short for us to have regrets. You know, there, there are things I wish I could change. Small decisions I used to do that I made when I was younger that I wish I could take back in a way. But then I sit back and I realize I wouldn't be in my dream job if I didn't make those decisions. I wouldn't be married to my beautiful wife. I wouldn't have my incredible kids. I wouldn't be representing this incredible product that, that I'm going to be helping sell the next four days at the Tacoma RV show here in Washington State. So just kind of keep an open mind. Don't take things so seriously. And reach out. If you really got questions, I mean, yes, I am the honey badger. The honey badger just gives it to you. I'm not Jordan Peterson straight, but I've gotten more tactful as I've gotten older. But I'll give it to you how it is. I'm not the savage I used to be. I used to be the... I Guys used to call... I would rather have been called the savage than honey badger. But I, I just, I don't have remorse for telling people things that are true and hopefully helpful. E you can email the show at Levingston, that's L-E-V-I-N-G-S-T-O-N rvservices at gmail.com that's services plural with an S at the end so Levingston rvservices at gmail.com you can follow us on Facebook at Levingston RV Services uh, Instagram at KJBRV you also follow me on my regular YouTube channel HB that's H as in Henry B as in Bravo R as in Randy V as in Victor a lifestyle same as the podcast title just drop the podcast and boom there you go 400 I think I'm up to 400 videos if you guys have any questions call me got TikTok and Snapchat even though I hate Snapchat <laughs> got Twitter Ugh. But easiest ways to get a hold of me is through Instagram or mostly by email. Email is the best way to get a hold of me if you have any questions, if you'd like to share a story. And uh, message to you and Evelyn and Jack. Uh, Evelyn, uh, I hope you're in the state of Washington and I hope you come out to the show and come talk to me because I don't know what state you're in. And Jack, enjoy your grandkids. Thank you for sharing that very incredible emotional journey. I'm pretty sure that was not easy. And uh, happy camping, folks. Just remember, RV stands for Toolkit and Sense of Humor.